0: Well, well, well. We made it. Playoffs are inbound now. We got the matchup set. And, you know, kind of disappointed, man. The Suns, how do you go 8-0 and not even get a chance to do the play-in? Like, look at the Grizzlies. Uh, they went like what two and two and eight, two and eight, and they're like all right, you know they they jumped in, and the Trailblazers I don't whatever was even the record I think they lost like what they went five and three I'm like oh, okay I mean didn't it a chance I'm like okay whatever's. I mean, just by looking at the Blazers, like, just by watching the Blazers and the Grizzlies, I, yeah, I gotta say, like, dude, like, the Blazers, like, wow, like, you really, really close game, like, I'm like, they've been playing like, so close, so much close games, just to make it to the A spot, and I'm like, man, all that, just to play against the Lakers, So, you know, first round, Lakers versus Portland. You now, a lot of people right now are, are kind of like hyped, like, oh, you know, like Portland pulling like a chance and stuff, you know, to upset the Lakers. Look, I got, I got to say, do the Lakers, they should sweep the Blazers. Like, well, why, why I say should, I think they will sweep them, just based off the Portland trailer Trailblazers play as of late. Like maybe I'll give them like you know one game, you know be, you know game five will be over. But I think they sweep the Portland Trailblazers. Like like come on, man! Like just by looking at Portland, like these couple of games, like like they really playing to their competition. Like, come on, man. Like, the fact that they're strong against the Nets, and they were struggling against the Grizzlies. Like, just the other teams. Well, who else did they beat? I'm just thinking, like, who else did they beat? Mavericks? Like, dude, like, every game was so close. They really played their competition. Like, they make it close. Now, I don't know if it's, you know, they're winning based off of, you know, Veteran presence team, you know they're they're battle tested. They've been through this kind of situations and stuff. And then you got the little ref ball. You have to admit, a lot of ref ball going on, you know, especially with the Dallas Maverick game, and especially in the Grizzlies game. Right? You have to admit. I mean, the dispar- this the disparity of the free throw attempts between those two teams in the fourth quarter. You gotta admit, there was a little ref ball in hand, and you know the Trailblazers have been pretty lucky as well. So it's all a mixture of both, right? They've been beating teams that that you know, based off their talent, they should beat them. I mean, yeah, you know, you got yeah CJ with a broken back, yeah, you, you know. Yeah, some people. and I mean, what, what do you got left for the Lakers? I got a lot left. Uh, the good Lord has taken. I broke my back, I broke my back. spinal. <laughs> I broke my back. What do you mean by that? You broke back is broken. What A, a vertebrae or or well, what portion? Spinal. Contributing. I mean, I mean, they tightened up the rotation. I'm looking at what Terry Stotts is doing right now. Like, you know, it's not even playing like Anthony Simons a lot anymore. He's not even playing like certain players. And you know, for all that work the Portland Trailblazers done, you know, and they had yes. They have Dame dropping like 60, 50, 40, all that stuff. Just for them to have a chance to win, right? Yeah, nerd is like dropping 20 and 20, and like all these kind of all these crazy stat lines, right? Gary Trent Jr., you know, do look like a like an evolved version of patty mills or something. who's that pokemon it's Pikachu! it's the very something man like this dude was shooting like 67% from 3 i mean this dude was just straight like fire from the from the bubble right all that stuff like all these ridiculous stats stuff just to barely win like you got to think right like like man like what like this portland trailblazers team it's nothing too, you know, not a problem, right? For the Lakers. I mean, just think about the Portland Trailers, they suck on defense. You know, they got they don't have a reason there. They don't have like their players, like certain players. Right? I mean, I thought Zach Collins was a comeback and dramatically improved the defense. You know, I was wrong, right? I was wrong. Like, their defense is still just as bad. I mean, they're letting players drive at them at will. Uh, you got John Morant, right? He just strapped his drove over and over and over again to get like 35 points. Right? You got Karis Levert, like he kept on driving over and over again. CJ, he's blowing past CJ, blowing past Dame and stuff. You know, same thing with Luka Doncic and stuff, just driving. Now he goes against the Lakers, right? The Lakers, you got LeBron James. Who's than all those three players that I just mentioned, and he's gonna drive it in with Anthony Davis in the middle. So, like people, like, I get the hype, you know. Obviously, like Neil Dame, he's he on fire right now, Bubble MVP. You get Melo and LeBron one more time, right? In theory, in theory, the Portland Trailblazers match up with the Lakers very well. You know, dynamic, you know, backcourt. They have size to match up Anthony Davis and, you know, Dwight Howard and Javel McGee, you know, with Whiteside and Nurkic and Zach Collins, you know. You got LeBron James, you know, super mismatch. They don't have anyone to guard LeBron James. I guess Gary Trent's going to guard him or Zach Collins. Who knows what's going to happen? And then, you know, the Portland Trailblazers, they're, they're, they're dual, right? They're backcourt. Lakers you got, you got nobody to guard. Yeah, you got Danny Green. You got, you know, you know, Contavious, you know, Poop and stuff, but like, you know, you know, KC Poop is an okay defender. They, they really need Avery Prowley in this, you know, in this uh, series to make it, you know, difficult on Dame, but, you know, the Portland Trailblazers, like, in theory, stuff like that doesn't always work, like, just because, like, in theory, like, you know, they match up well, doesn't mean they're gonna match up well, right, you know, in theory, right, they have all that size, you look at the amount of rebounds that the Nets got over the the Portland Trailblazers game. Like, like in one possession, I saw, like, just Jared Allen alone, right? He got the rebound, offensive rebound, like, three times. I'm thinking, like, like, what is the point of all that size if you have Nurkic, Zach Collins, and Wysite, and yet you still can't even secure the rebound, right? Like, you would think... In theory, right? Like just about the mismatches that they produce. Like you should be killing the Nets, but you didn't. Like the Nets were like killing you guys. Like Anthony Davis is gonna feast on this Portland defense. Like, like come on, man. Like in theory, it doesn't work. Like just by jumping back in theory with the Portland Trailblazers. Back then, when they when they matched against the Pelicans, like, like, they should, like, everyone was picking them to win. Should they have won? In theory, they should have won, right? I mean, you just think about it. Like, you know, Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis and the company. Yeah, Dame was all that talk about, like, oh, you know, like, you know, they don't put respect on my name and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, fine then. You know, here you got a Pelicans team that was like, what is it like? They were eighth, I think. I think they were eighth. No, I think they were seventh. And Portland was like second seed. I believe they were second seed. Is he second seed or third seed? And whatever is, the Portland team got swept. Right, they got locked down. Just by Drew Holiday alone, they got locked down. And Anthony Davis averaged like 30 in like 13 that series or something. Right? And I think that was with Nurkic. So I mean, we've seen what Anthony Davis can do against the Portland Trailblazers. You know. LeBron James, he, he needs there needs to be no logic applied there. Like. He's going to get his 25 and 7 and 7 or whatever. Easy, right? Now, you know, you can go back to in theory, right? In theory, the Lakers don't really have much scores as of late right now. I mean, yeah, you got, you know, you know Waiters Island and that idiot J.R. Smith on the team. and You're going to think, you know, in theory, those guys should give you like, you know, at least 12 points, right? But those low IQ players are just chucking shots. They're just shot chuckers. So, you know, in theory, Portland can take advantage of that, you know, in theory, like the Lakers, once LeBron sits, all hell goes, breaks loose, right? Because, you know, the team, the Laker team is built around LeBron. There is no additional... Playmaker besides Rondo. LeBron sits. It's just Kuzma and Anthony Davis just ISOing you to death, basically. And if you double team them, they'll pass it to the shooter and then they are Danny Green, Casey Poop, you know, Quinn Cook, whoever's open, they'll shoot three. It's basically it. It's basically that, right? Nothing special. I mean, the system for the Lakers is basically just LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Right, built around perimeter play and you know a dominant big man inside, you know, as I alluded to before, like you know, the modern day version of you know the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, where it's you know, Shaq instead of the triangle with Shaq and Kobe spread out three point shooters with Derek Fisher, Robert Ory, you know, Glenn Rice, you know, etc. It's built with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, two man, perimeter play. But also have an inside dominant presence, spread out shooters, Quinn Cook, Danny Green, jr. Smith, you know Casey poop, whatever right in theory, like this should be a, a well played series, but you know just I don't really have faith in this Portland team like like this team is just too erratic to even give up that much of a fight. Sure, Dame could probably drop like 40, you know, 50, you name it, whatever's, right? Like, at the end, it'll be like a losing performance because, I mean, Lakers know how to win just by, you know, LeBron James' presence, right? Like, he knows how to control pace, everything. People are excited, like, oh, you know, You know, Portland Trailblazers, they could probably beat them in, what, six? The series going seven? Like, these, like, comments, I see it. You know, maybe they're kind of influenced by Chuck right now. His, his, what, bet is going, they're going to the finals? All right, you know, he's had the Portland Trailblazers going to the finals for, like, the last five years, right? The Portland Trailblazers... Are getting to the finals. Okay. And as much, you know, as I as I like Damian Lillard, like, dude, Damian Lillard, I don't think will ever reach the finals unless he's traded to like another team. Maybe, you know, the six years or something, where they trade Ben Simmons for him and then they go on the run in the East. Who knows? Right. But it's not really looking that good for. Them the Trailblazers because you know in theory you know once you step on the court you know all that theory stuff gets out you know gets thrown out the window like now you're getting played with you know real motions you know real plays in, in real time right now you see how people react like dude like people want to say oh you know just by looking at the Lakers performance in the bubble like their shooters haven't been consistent Yeah, I guess so, you know, in a way. But, you know, once playoff time comes, there's the switch that happens. There's the switch where, you know, a lot of veteran presence on the team. Ron James, you know, Danny Green. Who else has a veteran presence on that team? Um, You know, Dwight Howard, JaVale, you know, Anthony Davis. Like, they know, you know playoff starts, you know, it's time to get a little bit serious now. Like, it seems like the Lakers are just, Lakers been fooling around, basically. They just haven't really been doing stuff. I mean, just by looking at their bubble stuff, they've been playing the rookie, whoever his name is. They've been letting waiters, isolate, you know, every possession just to get them up to basketball, you know, shape. J.R. Smith just chucking it. Like, all right. Like, yeah, you know, the Lakers are real terrified of Portland. Now, did I want Portland to be the A spot? Of course, you know, I did, because Portland, as of the three teams before them, you know, the Grizzlies and the Suns, like they are they will be the team that makes the the most competitive series in a way to the Lakers. Like they have talent, they have veteran presence, you know. And stuff like like if it was against like the grizzlies and the suns i'm pretty sure they would sweep them as well but you know it'll be an easier sweep like this one it's you know i'm just not really a believer in the blazers like in the lakers they'll find a way to win like no problem at hand i mean you know all that stuff that they've been doing just by He's just a lot of red flags the Portland Trailblazers, you know, play like a lot of red flags. They're letting teams just blow past them and do all these things. Defense, like, it's just like you would think that they would be a little bit more solid when it comes to all this, you know, volatility in their play. Like, just the consistency of defense and whatnot, and just like, ugh, ugh. What am I watching? And I just, you know, anybody can drive in, it seems like. And you know, we'll see. Maybe they play, you know, Whiteside and Nurkic at the same time just to match these this front court, but you know, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, Lakers, Lakers and four. Lakers and four. Maybe five. I'll I i i don't even give them five. Who knows? But I'll say Lakers and four. I think, you know, game time runs out in the first round. And on to, you know. The next round for the Lakers. Now, another interesting series, you know, would be, you know, the Rockets and the OKC Thunder. Right. Yeah. You know, Westbrook coming back to play against, you know, his franchise team, the OKC Thunder. You got Chris Paul coming to play against the Rockets that dumped him off to OKC to let him die, right? Basically, basically, revenge and redemption, right? Yeah, you know, Chris Paul wanting revenge on the Rockets team. He wants to end their run right away. Like, like, this is what you get for trading me and not listening to me. Because he, of course, you know, he's made, you know, People aware that he wasn't fond of, you know, the play style that Rockets were playing. From your reporting, why is there tension between Harden and Paul? I think the root of the issues, according to what team sources tell me, uh, between James Harden and Chris Paul is a difference in the preferred playing styles and some personality clashes. You know, Chris Paul, at this point, that ISO heavy offense does not suit him nearly as well as it did his first season in houston like that's why there's some issues going on with james hart and chris paul i'm pretty sure chris paul is telling james Harden, like dude you know pass the rock like like, what kind of system is this like like just because you can one-on-one everyone and drop 34 35 points a night like we ain't gonna win the long-term game which is the championship like you know like you can see you can see like the transition of Chris Paul going from, you know, praising James Harden, like, oh, man, like, this might this guy might be the greatest scorer of all time, right? You know, to later on saying, that, you know, we can't win, we can't win like this. Like, there's arguments, like, going on. Like, like, Chris Paul comes off to me as, you know, that, that kind of know-it-all player that's like, hey, you know, this is how you win a championship, right? Uh, he gives me that impression that he'll tell you, like, this is how he win, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, certain players get turned off, right? Because they're saying, they're thinking to themselves, like, dude, like, you talking all this shit, right? And you, you ain't even got rings. That's what the impression I got from Chris Paul. Like, like, James Harden has had way more, way more, you know, success just from him, right? going to multiple Western Conference Finals, like just from him. He's been to multiple Western Conference Finals before, you know, Chris Paul. And like, he's probably thinking to himself like, dude, like I've made it farther than you in the West and you're telling me how to win? Like, like get the fuck out of here. That's probably what James Harden's thinking. You know, all this is alleged, like what I'm thinking. I'm just putting two and two together, right? And that's what happened. Like, you know, they, you probably tell Maury, you get this clown out of here, right? Like, so, you know, Daryl Maury is like, all right, whatever. It's like, we got to, you know, we'll, we'll trade, you know, CP for Westbrook, right? You know, in theory, in theory, this should be a better team because now they have youth and now they have inside cutting presence. Where Westbrook, you know, can take a lot of pressure off of James Harden. Now, the difference between the two teams was that, you know, when you have CP3 on, on you know, your NBA team, for any team of the matter, right? Like, his presence will elevate everyone's basketball IQ. Like, just off of that, like, him on the OKC team has not only improved, you know, everyone. It's also improved coaching. It's made everything easier, right? You know, Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan, I don't even think he's even a good coach whatsoever, right? The fact that he's getting coach of the year should tell you how good Chris Paul is. I mean, Chris Paul, you know, he made Byron Scott a coach of the year award winner. And Byron Scott is the worst coach in the NBA record-wise, right? When you think of Byron Scott, you think of Jason Kidd, and you think of Chris Paul, two of the greatest basketball minds in NBA history, right? Jason Kidd fucking hates Byron Scott because he thinks he's an idiot. And yet, you know, he doesn't even listen to Byron Scott. He's running his own plays, and he won Byron Scott Coach of the Year, right? Then you got Chris Paul. Chris Paul is running his own plays. He ain't listening to no Byron Scott. Byron Scott's a goddamn idiot. He has he's he's the tank commander. Like everyone, every time someone hires Byron Scott, it's to tank and get high draft picks because he's so trash, right? Like I don't understand why the Lakers were so excited to get him, other than being you know tank commander. So, you know now, Billy Donovan was like second. In the running for Coach of the Year, and everyone—it went from Billy Donovan coaching Kevin Durant and Westbrook, and people demanding Billy Donovan getting fired because, dude, dude's stagnant offense was like so trash that you know they're thinking to themselves, like, dude, how are you not having more success with you know Kevin Durant and Westbrook? And then you fast forward to Westbrook and Paul George. And now you're thinking, how are you not getting any more success with these guys, right? I mean, when when Billy Donovan was coaching the 2016 Thunder, right? In my opinion, the greatest Thunder team, based off of talent, they had everything. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, you know, Serge Ibaka, Steve Adams, you know, Andre Robertson, just on those names alone. They have the most talented team in the NBA. I don't give a shit if you, you mentioned the, the seventy two Warriors or whatever's like, like I don't care. Just based off based off of talent alone, you know that team should have beat the Warriors. Like I picked the, the the Thunder to beat the Warriors in seven that year, and they were up three and one, and I was like, dude, like OKC is making like the Warriors like mincemeat basically, and then the OKC choked right. The reason why OKC choked is because they're a super volatile team where they gave up the most fourth quarter leads in the NBA. They were number one in giving up leads, and that's on coaching. Like Billy Donovan's trash-ass coaching couldn't even you know, maintain leads and stuff. So now all of a sudden, you know, you have Chris Paul, right, on the team. Guess what? They're the number one team in fourth quarter, you know, leads basically. They are they are the clutchest team in the fourth quarter. Like, when I think there's like a stat, if I remember correctly, where just based off of you know net rating in the fourth quarter, when you put Chris Paul, Shy Gilgeous Alexander, um, Dennis Schroeder. Then you got Gallo. Then the fifth player is, uh, is it Steve Adams. I forgot the one player. It might be Steve Adams, but or it might be like their small ball lineup, where where they're basically the highest, you know, net rating team when they close out. I mean, they're. Like, like, who was the difference? You know, Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul is making everything easier. He's elevating, you know, Shai alexanders play. Everyone's playing. You know, Den Schroeder's having his best season this this you know season. You know, Steve Adams is having a career high in like rebounds and stuff. Like the system overall has been overhauled, and. You know, it's elevated. And then you go to the Rockets, right? Rockets play the same thing with CP3 and without CP3. Now you put it in Westbrook. They basically play better without Westbrook in a way where, you know, Westbrook can't really shoot too much threes, right? Can't really shoot too much threes. So he's like, he's kind of a negative factor in a way. Like, you put, you know, James Harden and you take out Westbrook, James Harden dominates. Harden's in the shooting slump, like, compared to what Chris Paul and Westbrook, like, you know, Westbrook can probably wheel their team out off of scoring and just driving it in with an inside presence, right? That's where the Rocks have improved, in a way, where they're just thinking... You know, Darren Morris basically places chips in on this team, right? I have a feeling this team's gonna get blown out, um, blown up in like a couple of years later where they're gonna trade Westbrook and James Harden. Like the owner just gives me that vibe of um of you know, I'd rather save my money. This team is just an investment. I don't care about basketball, I don't care about winning. I care about making money. That's basically it. Like, just just comments alone. I mean, you see the Daryl Morey stuff with that Hong Kong issue. Like he just told him, he basically told Daryl Morey, you better shut the fuck up, right? You're ruining everyone's money right now. Like, like this guy has been telling Daryl Morey to work his magic and you know, he doesn't want to pay, you know, over the cap and stuff like that. He says he'll do it, right? But you know, he's traded like players bunch of players away just to make cap space and darren Mori has to like you know he has to like rearrange certain things defer certain things and like just to make it seem like you know the cap they don't reach the cap right they had to trade um what's his face that he's on the hawks right now i can't really um, uh, can't really like think of his name right now damn whatever it'll come to me but he traded his his ass away after paying him just because he doesn't, he didn't want to pay over the cap, right? So you know, just by judging off the of cheap owners and such like that, like, like he doesn't, his win, his he doesn't care about winning, basically. So, so this, so Derrymore already knows that he's been, you know, handcuffed in a way where you can't really improve the team too big. He's basically thrown away the Rockets' future, right? In the sense of going all in. In the theory, and you know, I keep on saying theory, but I can't really think of any word, But you know, the Rockets can always get their picks back by trading James Harden and Westbrook. They'll make a haul. They'll get a haul, right? Like OKC got a haul for Paul George. You don't think like the package trade packages for James Harden is not gonna be like super crazy? Like you, you, be, you would think. You would think if they trade like superstar players, you know, they'll be set bunch picks. Like, you know, Rock is going all in right now. They have really basically no future. They're just going, hey, you know, we're living in the now right now. And he's putting his chips all in analytics right now. We're just going to shoot threes and just do layups and stuff, basically. We don't care. Like, once we catch a hot shooting streak, you know it'll be very hard to beat beat us, and that shit could work. You know, like yeah, you know it could work. Obviously, you know, you know once the team's hot, like they'll like, like they'll be like forced, you know, to like deal with like where you can't like really slow things down. These keep on shooting threes. James Harden, you know, is going off. Westbrook going off. So you know, obviously that that's the reason why you know the Rockets are such a such an anomaly right now where they will they are they are the definition of a dark horse right now where you know they are in the perfect situation right where they gotta play okc and you know judging all those two plays, the Rockets should win they should beat the rock the okc thunder in six like i'm giving it to six right because, okay, see, they have certain veterans that have been in playoff situations, but they rely on, you know, Shai Gilgis, Alexander right now. So far, he's going to be his first playoff series. Um, a couple, they got a couple of young guys as well. I mean, Andre Robinson, I don't even think. You know, it shouldn't be too much of a factor. It's just going to be Chris Paul, Battle of the Minds Chris Paul right now. And, you know, Westbrook in the point guard position. And You know, this will be pretty competitive in a way because the Rockets, like, Rockets don't care about, you know, about rebounds and stuff. They're just like, once they get the rebound, they're off to the races, right? Where pass it out, drive a full court, get the open shot, shoot in the corner three. They always shoot the corner threes. Why do they shoot the corner threes? is because that's the easiest, you know, three-point position to make it in, right? It's the highest percentage. Of chance to make a three point right there. That's why they always shoot that spot it's super 100% based on analytics, right? The Rockets, small ball, based off analytics, right? But, you know, analytics, in my opinion, just, just freaking, it's not true basketball. It's just bullshit, right? Where, you know, you can like mathematically do all this and such and whatever. I mean, that's cool and all, but, you know, basketball based off of, you know, you know, the players you have where you know you react certain ways and you know once you react you know what are you gonna do this play you know, and you have certain plays to um mitigate certain things and use a lot of counter you know chess match plays and stuff right but you know according to dare more you know everything's scientifically and mathematically based where you know it's not even basketball anymore it's just like here here keep on going to this spot over and over again like over and over again like and see how you how you do and, you know, that's this is what brings the downfall in, like, uh, the Rockets all the time. Like, dude, James Harden, you know, he, he can obviously, you know, shoot the mid range, but he won't shoot the mid range, right? He'll either, he'll either shoot the three or layup, basically. That's just, that's just the Rockets' way. In. And because of the hampering style, you know, a lot of it, you know, the downfall in the Rockets obviously goes to Darren Murray as well. Like, just look at, you know, how, Mike D'Antoni's coaching, like you never see Mike D'Antoni coach like this. Like he's all about ball movement, right? And then you get this James Harden ISO BS all the time. So, oh, like just on you know the Rockets, like dude, they should beat the OKC Thunder. Their are their eyes already set on the Lakers, right? Like, like regardless of you know the differences of Steve Adams. And, you know, who else is on the the on team? Like, the backup center. Nerlens Noel, like, yeah, they'll, they'll get a bunch of rebounds, but yo, so what? And the Rockies are just playing the score way more than you. Like, they don't even care. I like to live dangerously. I also like to live dangerously. Right. Have Westbrook as the main rebounder and just set off and go off to the races and stuff. And yeah, you know, we'll see, you know, how that works. Because they're set on the Lakers. And in my opinion, they're a pretty bad match for the Lakers. Like, for as, you know, as as, as weird as that sounds, like, you know, just by judging off that play of how they played against the Lakers, like, yeah, well, yeah you don't have any, uh, any response to Anthony Davis, and, you know, in the front court. So what? Lakers don't have a response to, you know, Westbrook and James Harden, right? So, you know, they're already banking like chips all in. Like, we don't care. We're going off of analytics. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, Rockets and six. Like, just based off of talent overall, I think the Rockets take it. Like, you know, OKC's a young team. Very young team. And, you know, they've had a great season. We you know with Chris Paul and stuff. And it's well-deserved, you know, it's a well-deserved run that, you know, can see future is just set right now. They, they have it all. Bonus is the picks, bright future, you know, you know, one future all-star and Shai Gilgeous Alexander, you know. They got Darius Baisley and whatever. They got what, that dude Dort, and they got some, they got some nice pieces, like, and then they got, like, you know, the draft class coming up, so who knows, you know. Maybe they trade certain play, certain picks to move up the draft, pick certain players. I don't know. Like, who knows what's gonna happen? But you know, Rockets should send the OKC to you know Cancun out of the bubble. going could be weird, you know, seeing Westbrook, you know, try to eliminate the Thunder. But you know, that's just basketball. You know, another series that should be a little bit more competitive is you know the Pacers and the Heat, right? I mean, you got you got TJ Warren heating up in the bubble. You got Jimmy Butler, you know, he's talking he's talking mad shit. Again, right? You know, that's what the NBA is missing a lot now these days, right? You got players that are too a little bit too friendly with each other on the court I feel things are between you two right now I don't care i don't need friends here in the bubble you know i i barely leave my room I'm in, I'm in my like i'm not saying like you know in the 2000s or 90s Aaron was not friends right in the 80s i'm not saying that you know magic johnson and Lady Bird are friends right michael jordan his friends, you know, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, or he used to be friends with Charles Barkley. But, you, know, you know, MJ was friends with them. He was friends with a lot of people, you know? What's it called? Like, LeBron James, friends with like the draft class two on three of Wade, Mello, and such, Bosch, Chris Paul, like, you know, I'm not saying that, you, you know, the, NBA is like a bunch of, you know, friends, right? But what's lacking in the NBA is just rivalries of, you know, of just competitive nature where, you know, certain teams just straight up just don't like each other, right? You know, it's... It's what's really been missing in the NBA. You got, you know, the Lakers and the Kings back in the day where they didn't even like each other. The Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers, they didn't like each other. Now, I don't know about the Spurs and the Lakers, but about hate, but it was just based off a rivalry, right, where they're, uh, they're always meeting up with each other in the semis or the finals. You got the, what else teams that didn't even like each other, right? You got... Obviously, you know, the Boston Celtics and the Cavaliers and LeBron James and Big Three and over there in the East. Then you got the Boston Celtics and the Heat where they didn't like each other. Like stuff like that. Like it's, it's what's missing in the NBA as of now. Like, like teams, certain teams just, they, um, there's not much team that just don't like each other. Like back in the day, but now. You got Jimmy Butler, and TJ Warren scuffling with each other. Now, that's that game where they were playing against you know, in the bubble where TJ Warren was looking like dude was like, who is he? Like who's looking like Kawhi Leonard right now? Allen Iverson or what? I mean, this dude was just was just killing it. He was just heating up. Dude was dropping thirty plus points every day right? Then they meet up against the Heat and he got locked down. He got a straight line. He was doing too much. Like he wanted to prove that, you know, he was waiting to talk, you know, fire back at Jimmy Butler for calling him soft. And he's not in my league. Notice the middle finger from him and was the blowing of the kiss. He's not, he's not even in my league, like nowhere near me. Um, And if, if I was their coach, I would, I would never put him on me ever again. He, he's like, no, Put somebody else on me, because I'm I'm a Taz no. every time we play. He's no. trying now. Jimmy Buff had an interesting season, right? Where he you can tell he's dramatically improved the heat, defense, and the culture. But at the same time, like his scoring is not really that great. Like his jumper is just just off this season. It's just pretty it's just broken. Like, what is going on? Like, yeah, I know he's playing like the point forward row now and stuff. He's not really a scorer. I mean, he's super streaky when it comes to scorings, but it's even streakier now when he's on the Heat. Like, I know the Heat rely a lot on Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow, you know, Kendrick Nunn for scoring and such. Like, I know they rely on those guys. So Jimmy, like, Jimmy's like, eh, you know, I could try to average 20, like, plus, you know, points and get as much shots as I can, but, you know, I'll let these dudes handle it. I mean, everyone's trying to zero in on me because I'm the main guy on the Heat. But, you know, it's just really interesting. Like, how, like, what happens to this guy's offense? Like, straight up, like, what happened? So, you know, this series, I think, should go to seven only if Sabonis comes back, right? I think the Heat take it. They beat the Pacers in probably like six, right? Like if Sabonis came back, I think the Pacers probably might upset the Heat. Well, I mean, not really much of upset because now you know Aladipo's still giving his rhythm. You know, Malcolm Brogdon's there. T.J. Warren's playing. He's improved his play dramatically. And then you add Sabonis on the team. It's pretty. It's a pretty difficult team to deal with, right? You know, but. I think Saban is like, he, he's out until the second round. So, you know, this, this is the Pacers, you know, one shot of, you know, going further. But, you know, I think the Heat are too much for the Pacers. I mean, yeah, you know, Aldeepo is still kind of off. I mean, he'll he'll have his on and off nights getting back in rhythm of his, you know, quad issue that he's having I've been dealing with. But, you know, I think, you know, Heat's defense are ramped up in the playoffs, and you know we'll see what these rookies are made out of. You know, Kendrick, and Tyler Hero. Like we'll see, like what happens. Like you know, they're they're kind of overachieving now because no one really had a had a thought of you know the Heat being as good as they are now. Yeah, bam, you know, improving as much, like like him being All Star this this season. Nobody really thought about that. No one really thought about Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Harrell, you know, putting off performances like that. Duncan Robinson leading the league and like, <clears throat> three-point made and attempts, I think. So, you know, it, it should be competitive. <clears throat> I mean, it should be competitive, right? You know, T.J. Warren, this is not the last you've heard of T.J. Warren, man. And... You know he's have he's gonna have more chances to show. You know Jimmy Butler who who's in whose league right now. And you know this is gonna be a this is gonna be the fun series. I mean you can you know talk about you know the Sixers and the Celtics. The Sixers trash right. Like I thought they should. You know Ben Sims out is over. You know their their run's over. Fire Ellen Brand is over. You got you know the Bucks. The Bucs should sweep the Magic. You got you know the Nets. The Nets should should be swept by the Raptors. Right. So, in this is the East's most you know competitive and fun series to watch, right? So, right now, yeah, yeah, place your bets. Right now, who who, who you betting on? You betting on you know Jimmy G. Buck is? You betting on Bubble Warren right now? And both guys didn't really play that well, like in that game at all. They they just didn't play that well. So. I think, like, TJ shot, like, 35%, and then Jimmy shot 38%, so I'm like, ugh, like, what's going on here? So, you know, the East, the East is gonna be, it's going to get pretty spicy in the semifinals, you know, much like the West, so we'll see, you know, you know we'll see what happens, but, you know, Heat and six, and, you know, Jimmy G Buckets probably is going to talk mad shit to TJ Warren again, so we'll see. And I think I should do it, you know? It's getting hot out here right now. Like, what the hell's going on, bro? It's getting hot. It's getting like 100 degrees in Cali. I'm like, dude, wait, shouldn't this kill like a uh, coronavirus, man? Come on, man. Oh, man. It's getting like, this has been an interesting year, but i'm pretty sure more stuff is to come and we're, we just have the front row seats right now but you know for everyone listening i just want to say you know thank you for listening and I hope y'all stay safe out there stay safe stay healthy and you know live long and survive peace out